Hi, we are MyTale and this is Quillscape, a podcast where we discuss about games as a new medium of expression through interactive storytelling and visual narrative as a craft. Here you will find all the tools and skills you need to build an immersive narrative experience in your game. As an indie studio, we also wish to discuss the importance of soft skills and building empowering company culture to nurture your creative drive. Hi everyone, my name is Natasha and in this episode I will talk about the interactive storytelling practices we do at MyTale. And as many of you have been asking about our upcoming title, Clay, The Last Redemption, we have decided to give you more insight into the world we are building. Starting with a new project is both exciting and terrifying for each member of the team, as the waves of ideas and features flood the meeting room to define a scope of the project and what is reasonable or doable with the available resources and timeline. This project was no different, as the original idea for the game Clay was created during one of the game jams that our team participated in. We aim to make roguelike RPG, or role-playing game, set in post-apocalyptic world that is filled with remains of the matter that caused the apocalypse. In several months after the game jam, we have developed the working prototype of the core loop, after which we have realized that creating this title to the full game experience would require a bigger team and a long production period, which was not something we had at disposal. At that stage, we realized that we have developed a lot of narrative and visual content for the title. We have built the base for the unique world, which we believed can work well in different game genres and platforms, not just the roguelike setting. Instead of killing the game, we have put the big scope RPG to the shelf with aim to develop it further when opportunity arises. Yet meanwhile, we wanted to explore what we can do with the fictional world that we have built as the narrative premise was what the whole team saw as both creative as well as commercial potential. This is where the concept for Clay The Last Redemption has been born, a fully narrative-driven game that will both serve the initial project as introduction to this fantastic world we are eager to share with the players and be an exciting standalone title which we can build an awareness and community around. Now, let's talk about the story. The game is set several generations after the collapse of civilization. The survivors of the apocalypse live in tribal societies and tell stories of the day the cities came alive and devoured all who lived in them. These tribal inhabitants of the world are only vaguely aware of the world that came before, through myths and legends, although they are still haunted by it. The apocalypse was caused by incredibly complex material that was invented prior to the apocalypse, that can be programmed to take just about any shape or have just about any property. As programmable matter, it is also perfect home for AI, another invention of the pre-apocalypse. What the pre-apocalyptic people knew of as AI was not, however, true AI. Instead, they were digitalized minds of the super-powerful and rich individuals that were ruling the biggest corporations in the world. 
In the process of becoming digitalized, these profit-driven individuals have lost touch with their humanity and set about conquering the world in the pursuit of endless profit. Humans were just seen as little more than a roadblock, insufficient to their mission. The smart mass was used to build, augment or modify nearly everything in the pre-apocalypse, from building the cities to human enhancements got corrupted by AI of corporations, and it caused the collapse of the society and the world as we know it. In the act of sacrifice, the triumvirate lets its own body be crushed into tiny particle matter in the atmospheric processor, and then spread across the world carrying its golden clay, a virus that would destroy the corrupted AI wherever it would get in contact with. As the winds carried the golden clay across the world, however, civilization was destroyed. A thousand years later, humanity survives, far away from the cursed cities and the black swarm that still survives here and there, their bodies as eternal as their hatred. Some parts of the society have learned to use clay for their own benefit, reprogramming it into golems of their own or to make tools to help them survive. Anything can now be imbued with life of sorts, and the ones most adept at the reprogramming clay are called claymancers. These claymancers gain their skills from a very particular form of symbiosis with the golden clay. As the centuries passed, the tiny particles of golden clay began to merge, and eventually enough of it merged to the reform a kind of personality. The claymancers, descendants of some of the original freedom fighters, learn how to replace parts of their brains with the golden clay, letting it live in their heads. In doing so, they also gain a special affinity with the world of clay around them, letting them sense, mood and speak to clay in a way mere potters could not. Claymancers can use clay as weapons, as medicine, to communicate over vast distances, and more. They also have access to memories and knowledge, however fragmented, of the world before. One of the truly unique aspects of the game narrative design is that even in the hostile world, every challenge is possible to complete with right negotiation and strategic thinking, as we wish to create non-violent gameplay. The game tackles emotional engagement and in-game relationships in solving quests and discoveries to complete the main mission. This game does not, however, feature claimancers as direct protagonists. It takes place inside a moving city, an urban area that in the pre-apocalypse was in the middle of the giant project of urban renewal. Smart matter was being used at an unprecedented scale to build the city, while the old city was torn down to be used as raw material. When the virus hit, the corrupted AI in charge of the project went mad, but instead of turning feral and devouring the city and its inhabitants, like most others, it instead went dormant, leaving only the building process active. As the supply of raw materials ran out, the city, its arms and hands a swarm of assembling drones, began to cannibalize itself, even building outwards and consuming itself in the process. Thus the city moves. Anything that comes too close to the edge is snatched up by the assemblers and merged into the fabric of the city, or disassembled into nothing. Normally, things do not enter nor leave the city, but over the years it is known to have happened. When it does, the immune system of the city is usually triggered, and whatever it is takes quickly dispatches by hunter-killer drones. 
One important discovery in the game is possession of the ombroscope. An ombroscope is the device when you shine a light through it will create a shadow image of some kind. Ombroscopes are used to project glyphs that can be used to control the city in various ways or to open new pathways, and they're usually made out of clay. There are different versions of the ombroscopes, and the most powerful one is made out of golden clay, which projects non-static images, leading to much deeper discoveries of the world before the collapse. Those who lived in the city were trapped there, many millions at first, but as the years went by, their numbers dwindled. Society adopted as best as it could to new nomadic lifestyle. After a thousand years, even though survivors only have a vague, ancestral memory of the world before, living in tribal units of few hundred individuals, always traveling, always fighting over turf, arable ground, or simply honor and glory. The player starts the game by creating and customizing own or selecting the existing protagonist, who is a young scion of a tribe trapped in a moving city, and the presumptive heir of the father's seat as a chieftain. When shamans announce that it is time for the city to begin migrating again, the player must leave the safety of the corral and head out into the city to prepare people for the upcoming change. The player will use RPG-like skills, the companions and resources, to overcome various challenges in their travels, while following a number of different possible story threads towards one or several endings. As a narrative-driven game, we had to develop clear and consistent visual language for the project, as we knew we must be able to utilize a lot of information from the story to the actual game world and its visual representation instead of putting endless scrolls of text to the screen. Thinking of the player, we wanted to focus on the player's choice and how they should or would affect the direction of the unfolding story. Providing multiple choices, as visual novels do, was not building the emotional engagement that we wished to achieve. The game design choices required that each of the choices presented to the player should have an observable and differentiable outcome. In case of our game, the approaches can be problem-solving, such as deciphering glyphs in order to enter the restricted areas, or interaction modes where you are exploring the world in a hex-based map, or face encounters based on skill check mode with or without ethical choices. The most efficient approach in creating emotionally engaging gameplay is providing the player with influence of how stories being unfold, generating the illusion that every choice makes a difference, even that each of the narrative paths and discoveries for the player are carefully designed by the game creators. Making sure that this illusion is not obvious is the key to supply a successful interactive storytelling, enabling a player to feel depth in each of the encounters and choices made. Now, let's talk about gameplay loop. The gameplay takes place in a top-down view of the city, with the player's caravan being an icon on the world map together with other points of interest. The player can move around the area freely, yet the map unfolds as the exploration progresses. The tasks and encounters take time, from resting, to scouting for food, to stopping to let shamans decipher the messages from the ombroscope. When in rest mode, the player is able to recuperate, level up the skills, melt the scraps into a clay matter, take care of the crew, and make strategic decisions of the next moves. The player has five skills. Warchief, Shaman, Trickster, Packmaker, and Clay Worker, all of which are used when navigating the city. 
There are also five resources. Tribesmen, warriors, food, courage, and clay. Generally, when there is a task, the player needs to succeed at a skill check or lose one of the resources. For example, failing to remove the brains of the disabled hunter-killer might lead to it awakening and killing some of the tribesmen. Often, working on things take time, and bigger projects take more time. Some challenges are ongoing and require multiple steps to complete, but most of them are required to do the work in a specific location. Failing skill checks or not having enough of some resource will mean the task will take more time, and as tasks often can have several layered timers attached, player will need to make choices again. For example, player might be able to exchange the lives of some of the tribesmen to cut down on the timer, or if player has a lot of time left, one can make sure some tasks are done safely, risking less, but taking more time. These are all decisions that are up to a player, as chieftain. Traveling takes time and makes the crew hungry and tired, meaning there is need to rest in a camp mode. One can scavenge for more supplies, but that has its own dangers. Also, when on the move, the random events will occur, some good, some bad. At night, traveling is especially dangerous. If one loses a lot of courage skill, it will trigger more dangerous encounters ahead. If player loses too many of the tribesmen, or make poor decisions, the chieftain will die and player will fail the mission. As our overall gameplay modes, we have set three main pillars. Discovery and Exploration The world is built upon a hex-based map that player needs to explore. Every play session is different. The city is never the same. Player can experiment with different playstyles, embrace your inner war chief, emphasize cooperation as a packmaker, or solve your problems as a trickster. Player can act empathetic and try to save as many lives, or make sacrifices to uncover the truth. There are no simple answers when facing effects of clay. World map has both preset and randomly generalized areas, as well as spawning spots, making each exploration session unique for a player while being able to navigate throughout different areas with ease. Time limit. The game begins with the player on a time limit of 100 days from which the city will start to move, and by then the tribe must be ready. Every action the player takes, from scavenging to digging up ancient artifacts to conquering quests and uncovering secrets, is taking place within the set period. Once the player runs out of time, the game is over, whether the player is ready or not. The crew of the protagonist needs to rest and gather resources in order to continue the journey. Setting up a camp is allowing player to reflect to the encounters, collect pieces of discoveries made throughout the exploration session, and build the necessary skill set to overcome the upcoming challenges. Multi-layered story. The game is meant to be played several times, every playthrough revealing more of the story and more endings. The elders think becoming a nomad is the only solution, but maybe they're wrong. Uncovering the secrets of an ancient war golem finding a machine from before the apocalypse that is guarded by the clay worker cult, infiltrating the place of shadows and stealing an assembler, unsealing a bunker and discover what the AIs truly were are just some of the examples of different story threads that player will encounter. In game relationships and outcomes of the past or failed encounters, discovered story bits, 
items and other collectibles are directly affecting how the story unfolds and the type of challenges ahead. In comparison to the existing games on the market, Clay the Last Redemption combines Sunless Sea and Sunless Sky style explorative gameplay on a procedurally generated hex grid map with Disco Elysium style narrative mechanics. The reason behind this design choice is to enable game designers and content creators to have more freedom with utilizing multiple game mechanics as the game progresses, serving the narrative, role-playing aspects and the replayability feature to the fullest. That's it for now. Join us in the next episode where we will introduce some of the main characters, locations and missions in the game Clay The Last Redemption.